I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Today I'm going to talk to you about the power and the purpose of praying in tongues or speaking in tongues. I have a whole lot to share with you today. I hope I can get through it all. Um, What I want you to also understand is as I minister this word, just please understand that it's going to be line upon line upon line upon line unless we go off in a prophetic uh uh, uh, vain. I'm open to that. We're, we're open to that. I do that quite frequently, but I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. And I think it's really important for us to have the foundation in the word of God and a lot of scripture backing up the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues, because this is a, this is a part of our walk with God that I believe the church has let slip. And I think it's very important to revive this message, to restore this message, to bring this message back to the church. I was ministering at a church a couple of years ago, Jamie Morgan. She's down in South Jersey. And if she's listening, hello, Jamie. I talk about you all the time when I talk about this word. And when we were at Life Church, um, the Holy Spirit gave gave me a word of prophecy for the universal church. And he said, what's going to happen is as we move into this next Um, dimension or this next wave of God's presence, he said that there's going to be a revival or a surge of tongues hitting our meetings. And I've had it happen. I was speaking in another church somewhere else, actually in the South Jersey area. I can't remember the name of the church. But while I was preaching, it was the Acts 1044 that we were talking about last week. While I was preaching, the Holy Spirit interrupted my meeting and I noticed that there was people in the back that were starting to shake and they were starting to cry. And, and, and all of a sudden, people, I just stopped because, you know, what are you going to do? The Holy Ghost is going to interrupt the meeting. You might as well let him do his work. It's not my work. It's his work. And so as we just yielded to the Holy Spirit, come to find out that people in the back who had never been filled with the Holy Spirit before were having a manifestation of the presence of God upon them. The Holy Spirit was rising up within them and they were beginning to release their prayer language. And so I shared with them that this is part of, this is that which was spoken by the prophets, Joel. This is that which God has been telling us that we're coming into another dimension, another phase of ministry in the universal church where tongues is once again going to be released. Now you think about it, we're living in a time and a season where you got some churches they're uh, they're called seeker friendly meaning they don't want the manifestation of the gifts they don't want any tongues they want everything to be friendly because they don't want to turn people off let me tell you something i believe that 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 the bible says blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness they will be filled i believe that many of you and many of many people in the church world are hungry for god thirsty for god and they want to be filled and i think what people are really searching for is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues so that they can walk in the power of God, in the purposes of God, in a greater measure. Another thing that's coming up and I wanted to share with you before we get into our teaching is 
a friend of mine, a minister friend of mine, Don Allen, he has a uh, healing center in Missouri. He um, got a woman who was a high-level witch in the dark world born again. Now, we're not going to get into this. We're not going to scare anybody, but I'm going to tell you straight up, witches, warlocks, uh, witchcraft, the demonic realm, they are at work and alive in the planet Earth today. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. The Bible says that Satan is the god of this present evil age. So the enemy is out there. Thank God greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world. Jesus spoiled principalities. He made a show of them openly. He handed us the keys of authority on this earth. But I'm telling you, my friends, we have to understand that there is a dark world and that they are alive and they are opposing the, the work of God in the earth today. That's why it's very important that you pray for your pastors, you pray for your leaders, you pray for all those that are in authority because the enemy does not want them to succeed. The enemy does not want them to reach their full potential. The enemy wants to shut the mouths of the prophets, shut the mouths of the apostles and pastors and teachers. So we have to pray for them and surround them with our faith and our love. So anyway, so Don Allen got this woman born again and it was quite interesting to me as I read the book, because for me, I teach a lot on prayer and I want to understand prayer and how it works. Because you know how it is, sometimes you're praying and you don't know, you know, we know the Bible says he hears us and he's working, but sometimes it's, you got to really walk by faith. And so when I read this book, I really helped me to understand some of the laws of the spirit, especially as it concerned prayer. But one of the things that she that that was said in that book when she said that uh, after she was born again, she said when we would they would practice their witchcraft and they would try to attack Christians. She says the one thing that disturbed them the most, she says, was when they would pray in tongues and pray in this heavenly language. They said, because we could not understand what they were saying, what they were doing, but it was definitely causing a rift in the demonic realm. And so just because you don't understand what you're praying and we're going to get into this, doesn't mean it's not causing a rift in the spirit realm, does not mean that it's not producing results, doesn't mean that it's not affecting the realm of the spirit. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. And again, I have a lot of things I want to share today. Hopefully we can get through it. I'm just going to go with whatever God has me. But we're going to talk about the power and the purpose of speaking in tongues. I told you last week that Acts 19, that this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking with other tongues is a separate experience from the new birth. Yes, you can be born again and not filled with the Holy Spirit, but still be born again. If you have never released your prayer language, not only can you do it today, but it doesn't mean that you're not born again. You are a child of God. He lives on the inside of you. The Bible says he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is just a release of this prayer language called tongues. It's the empowerment. Jesus spoke very often about the Holy Spirit. He put a lot of emphasis on the person of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, he talked about the, the Holy Spirit in general was talked about 264 times in the New Testament alone. Not only that, 
the, the, the Holy Spirit was mentioned 60 or more times in the Gospels. So Jesus spoke, spoke often about the Holy Spirit and his coming. And he placed a great emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Even some of his last words in Acts 1-8, Jesus said, don't do anything, not anything, and, until you are endued with power from on high, because you're going to receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you're going to be witnesses unto me. So his very last words before he was taken up into heaven was he spoke again about the Holy Spirit and his coming. Okay, and when the Holy Spirit manifested in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, the Bible says he came in like a rushing mighty wind, filled all the place where they were sitting. There was a manifestation of his presence. He fell in that upper room, and the very first thing that manifested when the Holy Spirit, please hear me, was poured out is that they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hey. And I hear in my spirit, those of you that are already filled, don't neglect the gift of God that is within you. The Apostle Paul said, stir up the gift of God that is within you. We have got to pray in tongues more than ever. We have got to release this prayer language more than ever. And that's why I think having an understanding of tongues and what it will produce will help us greatly, especially those of you that are all over the world. We need to begin to release our prayer language. And what I'm seeing in my spirit right now is Revelations uh, 5.8. I see that when we begin to pray in tongues in Genesis 11, when we begin to pray in tongues, our prayers are going to go up before the throne room of grace, Hebrews 4.16. And our prayers are like incense before the throne of grace. And as we pray in unity, like, like the, the unity in a negative sense that Genesis 11 had, we are going to see some great and mighty things happen and nothing will be impossible for us, which we have imagined to do. That's why I believe the devil has put a lid on the church and praying in tongues because the enemy knows the power of praying in the Holy Ghost. So I just want you to know that the very first thing that happened on the day of Pentecost, the very first manifestation was that they all began to speak with other tongues and this, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So that leads me to believe that if Jesus spoke so often about the Holy Spirit and his coming, and then the very first thing that manifested was tongues, that there must be a reason and a purpose for us to exercise our prayer language. Very quickly, I'm not going to belabor the point. You may say, well, it's not my gift. You know, it's not my gift. But you are mixing up, and I talked a little bit about this last last week. You are mixing up the 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through uh, tw uh, the, maybe the 12th verse, you are mixing up the nine gifts of the Spirit, which is for public assembly. But Jesus said, and that's not for everybody. Not everybody has tongues and interpretation and tongues for public assembly. Not everybody operates in the gift of faith. Not everybody operates in the word of, of working in miracles. Every one of us remembers in particular in the body of Christ, and we all have our gifting. And those gifts are for public assembly. So when the Apostle Paul spoke about tongues, he was talking about tongues where a person gets up and gives a message under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in tongues and someone comes along and interprets it. But Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs will accompany them that believe they will speak with new tongues. So this 
this particular gift is for every single one of us. That's why when the Apostle Paul said in, in Acts 19, or the disciples said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. They were believers, and the Bible says he laid hands on them, and every one of them began to speak in tongues. Not only that, but prophesy. Okay, that was my introduction. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, so what is tongues? Speaking in tongues. Number one, is a supernatural means of communication. When you speak in tongues, listen, my friends, you are speaking to God the language of heaven. It is not a language from this earth. It is a language from heaven. That's why you don't understand what you are praying unless the Holy Spirit in your private time gives you the interpretation. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. That word mysteries, another translation says divine secrets. So when you're praying in tongues, whether you understand it or not, you are speaking not to people. Ooh. They're not going to understand you. It doesn't matter. What matters is God understands exactly what you are saying. And if you remember what I shared last week, when I was going to release my prayer language, I said, God, you are so outrageous. It was the biggest English word I could think of in the human language. But when I released my prayer language, this heavenly language was a language beyond this earthly realm. And it, and it described the height, the depth, the bigness, whatever you want to call it, of God. It went beyond any big word I could possibly say in the English language. That's why I believe it. When we pray in tongues, it accelerates the will of God in the earth because things happen a whole lot quicker. Yes, we pray the word. Yes, we decree the word. Yes, we believe in that. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are praying the word of God, which is the will of God, but you're praying in another dimension and he understands you. Okay, Amplified says, for he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. Okay, now number two, when you pray in the spirit, it is your spirit, listen to me, it is your spirit that is praying or communicating with God. Now listen, Jesus said there's gonna be a people, and that's now, the, the church, the, the age of the, the church age, which we're living in now, they are going to worship God in spirit and in truth. It is your spirit by the Holy Spirit that is praying or communicating with God. So it's very important that you understand. I think it's third, first John three that listen, this is important. You are a spirit. You are not a mind. You are not a body. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a physical body. So when you are praying in tongues or praying in your, in, in your heavenly language, it's your spirit 
that is communicating to God who is a spirit. That is very important for you to understand. You're not praying from your mind. You are praying from your heart these divine secrets and these mysteries. And like I said, God understands you. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15. I hope you're taking notes or I hope you go back and watch the replay. As a matter of fact, your pastor had a word for me. He didn't even know it was a word for me. I woke up one Sunday morning and the Holy Ghost said, you listen to Pastor Bob Sharp today. I think it was August 2nd. And that whole entire message was for me that day. Now, I've gone back and I've listened to the replay over and over and over again. That's why it's good that we tape these things. You could go back and listen to this over and over again. And remember, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more you build your faith on this subject, the more you're going to exercise your prayer language. And that's exactly what the will of God is in Christ Jesus for you and for me. So 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15 says, if I pray in a tongue, notice he said, I pray, I pray. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Your understanding is your mind. What is the conclusion then? So what's the deal? I will pray with the spirit. Then he said, I will also pray with my understanding. And then he goes on to say, he said, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. So it's all about how you want to exercise your prayer language. Sometimes I will pray in tongues and just walk the floors and pray in tongues. And sometimes I just want to just sing and make melody in my heart to the Lord. And I'll just start singing in the spirit. Let me just tell you something, church, all kinds of churches, charismatic churches, you know, assembly of God, churches, Methodist churches, doesn't matter. We are the body of Christ and we have the same Lord and the same Jesus Christ. What happened to singing in tongues in our worship? We've become like an entertainment industry. And God, you know, he's, he's entertained or he's, he's exalted when we worship him in spirit and in truth by singing in other tongues. I remember I was in a meeting long, long ago when people used to allow people to sing in tongues. And we, we people would just begin to sing in tongues. The Bible says you'll speak of the tongues of men and angels. And it literally sounded like we, as a, as a corporate body, had entered into some angelic worship of God. And it wasn't from the intellect. It was coming from our hearts. And we were worshiping our creator. And it was like a symphony, a beautiful symphony. It all went together. And it was so beautiful. And I believe that's going to be revived, like the Lord told us, that surge of tongues. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, Amplified, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays, but my mind is unproductive. So the Holy Spirit takes a hold of your spirit, and that's when you pray in tongues. And when, he, when he's in you, you can yield to him, and you can say, and you by an act of your will, you can release your prayer language. Okay, now your spirit by the Holy Spirit within you is speaking to God. You are not praying with your mind. This is a pure and an unselfish prayer, which I like. Because sometimes we get caught up in our minds. We get caught up in human reasoning. We get caught up with thinking and thinking and thinking and worrying and thinking and thinking. But when you pray in the spirit, you are not praying out of your mind. You're praying a pure, unselfish prayer. You're not praying your own will. <clears throat> okay? You're praying the will of God. 
We're going to get into this. The perfect plan, will, and purpose of God. When you want to use tongues for intercession or praying for someone else, you're not praying your own will on them. You are praying the mind and the will and the purpose of God for that person. When you're praying for things in your life that you may not, may you're struggling with and you don't know what to do, or maybe you're at a crossroad. You say, you just, you know, you say, Lord, you can pray, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. But what do you do after that when you don't know what to pray? You could begin to pray in the spirit and you're communicating with God from the place of what he's put in your heart, which is eternity. And you are praying out the will and the purpose of God for your life. Okay. So no pride is involved. No reason is involved. No selfish ambition. It is a pure language that originates from the heart of God back to the heart of God. And he accomplishes his will in the earth on the behalf of another or in your life when you release it. Okay? Bill Hammond once said, Those who have been born of the Spirit and baptized with the Holy Spirit receive a prayer language. This gives the believer a private communication line direct to God's throne, which cannot be understood or hindered by the devil, which we talked about earlier, or natural man. It is like having one's own private cell phone to heaven. Okay, so you have your own private hotline to heaven and he understands you. Okay, so praying in tongues is number three is when you are praying in line, like I said, but I'm going to give you scripture now, with God's perfect will, purpose, and order. It is a perfect prayer. If you have a Bible, or you could look it up later, go to Romans chapter 8. It says here in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses or in our inability to produce results. How many of you feel weak? How many of you sometimes don't know what to do? How many of you are sometimes going through trials? How many of you sometimes just don't know how to pray about something or how to pray about your, your child who's missing or your child who's not walking with God? How do you pray? I don't know about you. That's a weakness. We are human beings. And we need a God who's able to help us. And that's why I thank God for the Holy Spirit, who's our helper. And I thank God for the heavenly language that he's given us, which is tongues. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints. Now listen, according to the will of God. And then verse 28, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So when you pray in the spirit, you this this the will of was actually put in there by the translators When you pray in the spirit, you are praying according to God. You are praying his plans, his purposes, and his will. Now, notice he says, when you pray according to his will, okay? He says, when you pray in the spirit, you are praying according to his will. He makes intercession according to the will of God. Now, what does the Bible say about prayer? 1 John 5, 14. 
So if we pray in tongues and we're praying according to the will of God, let's see what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence. Everyone say confidence. confidence. This is the confidence. We need confidence in prayer, right? This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Remember, he says, when you pray in the spirit, you're praying according to the will of God. So we can have confidence. We're praying according to his will. And if we know he hears us. Are you listening? Whatever we ask. We know that we have the petitions we desire of him. So when you're praying in the spirit, you're praying according to the will of God, you can have confidence that he hears you and that the answer to your prayers are coming. Not only that, you look here at verse 28 and he says, and then all things just begin to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Let me share a quick story with you. I went to Rama, and when I graduated, I graduated the first year, 77, and the second year, 79. And when I was in Tulsa, I was wanting to know, I was a young girl at the time, what is your will for my life? Where do you want me to go? What is your plan? What is your purpose? I don't know what to do. Kenneth E. Hagan did not want us all to stay in Tulsa. He wanted to launch us out to get us out into the field. The field was ripe unto harvest and he needed the laborers. And I didn't want to just go where, anywhere. I wanted to go where God wanted me to go. Where he, What was his will for my life? And so what I would do, I was single and I would just walk the floors on the weekends and I'd make dates with God and I'd walk the floors and I'd say, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do, but Lord, go before me and prepare the way. Make the crooked ways straight, the rough places plain. plain. And I didn't know what else to pray. I didn't know anything other to declare. I know your word says the steps of a good man are ordered and established by God. I know what your scriptures say. Delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart. I know that you'll give me the desire. So I just began to walk the floors. And, and I'm not saying this out of pride or whatever, because I personally really don't care. Because I, you know, we all are what we are by the grace of God. Nobody knows that better than me. But I would just walk the floors and I would pray in tongues one hour, two hours, sometimes three hours. I just walk the floors and pray in tongues. I didn't know what to pray, but I knew that when I prayed in the Holy Ghost, I was praying the will and the purpose and the plan of God. And I knew the Bible said all things would work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I, the only thing I said was not my will, your will be done. And I did that for weekend after 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 weekend. And so one day I got an invitation to the East Coast and it was with Hedge of Love. And those of you that follow me on Facebook, you saw the cassettes from that very first speaking engagement in 1980. And, and I got a speaking engagement and I ministered that word. And then I went back to, New, 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 uh, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I did the same thing. Prayed in the Holy Ghost. Where do you want me, Lord? Where do you want? Prayed in the Holy Ghost. And then long story short, I ended up on the East Coast because doors just began to open up for me here on the East Coast. And then as time went on, as a young 22, 23-year-old girl, you can't even believe it, with the big hair and the long nails, who would have ever thought? First woman in multiple pulpits on the East Coast. I mean, you got to be kidding me. And back in the day, there were no women in the pulpits 
uh, you know, hardly anywhere. And doors just began to open and open and open. And I was anointed. And even with the nails in the hair, I'd get up with four scriptures and God would just come into the meetings. We were actually in a move of God, right, Pastor Bob? We didn't even know it, but we were in a move of God. And one day somebody said to me, you know, you know, what are you doing to promote your ministry? You know, you have cards, you call people. And I said, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm not doing anything. I'm just obeying God. And then one day the Lord said to me, he said to me, because this is a secret. He said to me, do you remember the times that you would walk the, I just feel the Holy Ghost. Do you remember the times that you would walk the floors? And you would pray in the spirit and you would just surrender your life to me. And you'd say, not my will, but your will be done in my life. Do you remember when you would do that? I says, yeah, I remember that. He says, I saw you. I heard from heaven. I saw your prayers. You were praying out my will, my plan, my purpose, not just for yourself. Because tongues goes beyond yourself. He says, you were praying for the region of the Northeast Coast of the United States of America. You were praying for that region. And I was able to, because you were yielded to me and you were saying no to your own self and yes to me, I was able to put you in position. He said, you were praying out my will, my plan and my purpose for your life, your ministry and what I had ultimately wanted to do here on the east coast it was all happened when you spent all that time praying in the holy ghost so what are you saying what i'm saying is i didn't even know i was doing that but you know they say hindsight's 2020 and so now we understand what praying in tongues produces because god has given us enlightenment okay now this i really love and i hope i could get through this he said he taught me this recently Um, When you are praying or speaking in tongues, you are praying. I think this is really good. Rooted and grounded for your from your right standing in Christ. Okay, think about it. There's multiple scriptures on who we are in Christ, right? Right. So when you are praying in tongues, you are praying from that position of in him, in Christ. You're praying from the righteousness place in Christ. You're right standing. He said to me, the Lord said to me, there's faith from this place. So when you're praying in tongues, you're praying from a place of faith. Forget about what your head says. You're praying from your heart. As a matter of fact, you can have faith in your heart and unbelief in your head. It doesn't matter. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying from your right standing in him from a place of faith, not unbelief. And here's another thing he said to me. You're praying, you're praying from a place where there's no fear, no fear. You're just praying from a place where you're rooted and you're grounded in your confidence in him. And there's no insecurity. I'm just going to read just a couple. Like I said, I have a lot. I always over prepare. You are praying when you're praying from in him, you are praying with wisdom. You're praying from your right standing. You're praying from redemption. You, and I could give you scripture, 1 Corinthians 1.30, 2 Corinthians 2.14. You are praying from a place of triumph and victory. Remember, he causes us to triumph. You are standing as an ambassador for Christ with his authority in this place of prayer. So when you're praying in the spirit, you're praying as an ambassador of Jesus Christ with authority. 2 Corinthians 19 through 21. First Ephesians 1 3, you are praying from a place of being blessed. Are you listening? 
Ephesians 2, 6, God's raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places. You're praying from a place where you're sitting with him in heavenly places, okay? 1 Timothy 1, 14, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was exceedingly abundant with faith and love. Again, you're praying with faith and you're praying with love. Okay, you're praying from a place, Acts 17, 28, where you're living and you're moving and you're having your being in him. You are playing from a place, 2 Corinthians 1, 20, where everything in God is yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, you're playing from that place of righteousness. Ephesians 1, 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You are playing from a place of holiness. You are praying from a place of without blame. Again, you're praying from your right standing with God. Lastly, Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You are praying, listen to me, my friends, with the full armor of God, redeemed by his blood and forgiven. Okay, so I really like that. That to me was a revelation. Okay, you are praying with the wisdom of God. Now, James 1, 5 through 6 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, that word is Sophia, let him ask of God. You are not wavering in faith when you are praying in tongues. Because when you pray in the spirit, you are praying with Sophia. Okay? I'm not going to read the whole scripture for the sake of time. But if you look up 1 Corinthians 2, 7 through 14, the Bible says, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. So when you pray in tongues, you are praying from wisdom. You are praying from Sophia. This is something the Lord showed me again recently. What is Sophia? It is defined as the ability to judge correctly and to follow, listen, the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. So when you pray in the spirit, you are praying with Sophia. Wisdom. Is God's clarity or God revealed clarity? It conveys the Lord's solution for problem solving. In other words, Sophia, remember you're praying in the spirit and you're praying the wisdom of God in a mystery. So Sophia, in other words, Sophia manifests God's persuasion about problem solving or challenges by applying his solution. Isn't this good? Like faith, wisdom is always given by the Lord and reveals how to please him in a particular situation. In short, this is real clarity. So when you're praying in the spirit, you're praying with clarity. Ultimately, all true wisdom, spiritual wisdom resides in Christ the personification of perfect wisdom. So wisdom, Sophia, is the insight into the true nature of things. Knowledge is the mental possession of powers of perceiving objects. Wisdom is the power of right reasoning concerning them and forming right decisions 
accordingly. So if you lack wisdom, you can ask of God and you could pray in the spirit, speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, and he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts. Then your plans will succeed because he will give you the wisdom that you need in your decision making. Wisdom is the ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is the art of being successful, of forming the correct plan to gain the desired results. It's in the heart, the center of moral and intellectual decision. For example, if you're trying to figure out where you wanna plant your church, a really good idea would be to spend a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, and again, I keep hearing this, and eventually he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts and your plans will succeed because I think many times we're thinking too much and we're not perceiving and recognizing what the will of the Lord is. But as we pray in the spirit, the wisdom of God rises up, gains ascendancy in, in our hearts and in our minds, and we are able to make the correct decision. I don't know who this is for, but I can't get off of that particular thing. Okay, Sophia is mental excellence in its highest and fullest sense. Okay, here is the bottom line of what I just said. When you pray in tongues, this is Margie's version of what I just read to you. You are praying out God's solution to the problems and God's answers to the questions. Therefore, all things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So praying in the spirit is the perfect way to pray for the unknown. Remember, the Holy Spirit knows all things, past, yeah. present, and future. Hey. <laughs> this is such a good teaching today, you have no idea. We need the Holy Ghost to teach this kind of word because it's not that which man teaches, it's what the Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual with spiritual. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us to clarify this okay if you could just give me just a few more minutes the holy spirit knows all things past present and future and my friends he knows the hearts of men he knows what's keeping your children from accepting jesus he knows who he needs to remove out of their lives and who to put in their lives when you pray in the spirit these things will become into alignment praying in the spirit brings things into alignment causes all things to work together for the good okay he'll cause the right friendships to come into your child's life he'll cause the right relationships it just causes people to come together at the right time and for the purposes of god so he is all-knowing so god knows all so you are praying from a place of knowing okay think about god's plan for redemption of mankind and how through Sophia all the parts of this puzzle came together if you've ever studied the plan of redemption he uses major imperfect people but the plan of redemption came together 
All the parts of this puzzle came together. The people, the timing, and the movement. He has made unto us wisdom. So when we pray in tongues, we are praying out this wisdom. And it causes the right people to come. The pieces, the parts of the puzzle to work together that makes up the full plan of what God desires to do in your ministry, in the world, on the Northeast, wherever it is that you reside. Okay, I think we're going to have to go into one more thing, and then I'm going to go ahead and close. Speaking in tongues is for spiritual edification. 1 Corinthians 14.14 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. I have my cell phone out for a reason. The word edify is more like the word charge as used in connection with charging a battery. Therefore, we could paraphrase this verse. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, charges, edifies, builds himself up like a battery. So my phone, like your phone, as it continues to age, the battery power on this phone is perpetually being drained. So if the power on my phone is perpetually being drained what do I do you just let it be drained no what I do it actually it happened this morning I had my alarm set for 745 <laughs> lo and behold the battery you know died and I had my alarm set and I woke up which is very unusual at eight o'clock I had actually plugged it in it charged it up and I found out oh my god it's eight o'clock I gotta get up so it was lost its battery power so what did I do? I, plug, I plugged it in to the power source. The power source. The plug went into here, went into the power sauce and its source, and as time went on, my, my battery went to, now we don't have bars anymore, that's the Blackberry, but now it went up to 1%, 2%, 4%, 10%, 15%, and now my, my battery is at 59%. And so... If the battery runs out, what did you do? I plugged it in to the power source. Let's, let's relate that to this scripture. When you speak in tongues, and we're going to close. I wasn't able to finish, but that's fine. We're good. When you speak in tongues, you are edifying yourself like a battery being charged up. You are plugging into the power source, which is almighty God. And when you're praying in the spirit, your spirit by the Holy Spirit is being charged up. It's like something on the inside just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The Bible says in, in Isaiah 28, this is the refreshing wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. You're just being charged up and charged up, and it helps you to stay strong in God. So I, the Apostle Paul said, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than you all. I would strongly encourage you to stir up the gift of God that is within you. Use your prayer language for all the reasons that we taught today. And I just want to encourage you that if you haven't, to go ahead and release your prayer language. Okay? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.